This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The Stinkin' Truth Podcast is presented by Core Water. He spent 12 years in the NFL. You can't trust a guy that gyrates his hips after he scores. Has three Super Bowl rings, made multiple Pro Bowl appearances, over 16 years of broadcasting between ESPN and Fox Sports. And that's why I'm the greatest football player and best sports analyst ever. He's a soap opera star. That's pretty, uh... I can't remember what I was supposed to say. <laughs> As a reoccurring role on HBO Ballers. Mark Slareth, handsome son bitch, get out here. And makes one hell of a bowl of green chili. It's Mark Slareth, and this is the Stinkin' Truth Podcast. Hey, welcome into the Stinkin' Truth Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Slareth, along with my co-host, Mike Evans, Scott DeHuff, producer on the board, putting it all together. And i got to make a special shout-out to uh, our our just presenting sponsor, the great folks at Core Water. Uh, Core Water, pH balanced water, uh, ultra purified and balanced with electrolytes to match your body's natural pH level of 7.4, where your pH and your body performs at its best. Love Core Water. Take it to the gym with me on a day to day basis. It is phenomenal. Um, I'm telling you what, you're going to love Core Water too. It's available at great places like 7 Eleven. They've got the Blue Cap bottle. Big, wide mouth, easy to hydrate, and um, it's the best taste in water that, that I drink. It's the, well, it's at the house, it's the only water I drink, but it is the best taste in water. You're going to love Core Water, too. Check them out at HydrateWithCore.com. Mike, how are you, my friend? I am doing well. Looking forward to uh, John Gruden, Chucky. Chucky's back, and mm-hmm. he's coming to our town here in Denver, and everybody's all excited about the, the return of John Gruden. Are you I listen. I, my here's the thing I love. Here's the thing that you have to understand about coaching. You know, we get to this coaching tree of Bill Belichick. You know, and we say, well, none of his coaches, whether it was Charlie Weiss or Romeo Cronell or Josh McDaniels. You know, now all of a sudden, um, you get blown out in your first game, and Matt Patricia can't coach. And um, I think one of the big things you got to understand is authenticity. You, you got to be authentic. You got to be you. You can't come in. And be a Bill Belichick disciple and all of a sudden think you're Bill Belichick and and be Belichickian, you know. And back in New England, we did. And back in New England and back in New England and back in New England. And eventually players go, shut up. I'm sick of hearing. I don't like New England. I'm sick of hearing about, you know, oh, back in New England you did this. Well, hey, you know what really won you games back in New England? is a guy named Tom Brady is back in New England. So quit giving me the back in New England stuff, right? And I think coaches fall into that. And then all of a sudden, the perception is you're just fake. One thing about John Gruden, and I, like I was around John Gruden for years at ESPN, did a lot of things with John Gruden over the years. That whole Chucky thing is not an act. That's ju- that's exactly the way he talks. That's exactly how he is. That's th- I mean, that's what he is. The the thing the the guy you saw on television, whether it was the quarterback camp thing that he did on ESPN or Monday Night Football, it's exactly the way he is. That's the way he talks. Although, you know, there's a far more curse words that are, are thrown out there during the course of 
um, a day-to-day basis when he's not on television. But that's exactly the way he operates. So one thing about John Gruden is he's authentic, Mike. And to me, that's why ultimately he'll be successful because he is authentic. Now, you know, coaches like that, there's usually kind of two types of players that play for him. He's my best coach, the best coach I've ever had, or he's the worst coach I've ever had. You can either handle his personality, handle him getting you know in your ass on a consistent basis. You can handle that or you can't handle that. But I'll, I'll give this to, to Chucky. Man, he is exactly who you see. Okay, yeah, I don't doubt that he's authentic as a personality, but I just think that his impact as a coach is overrated. Because if you go back to his last six years in Tampa, he was a below 500 coach. He was 0-2 in the playoffs. What we know is that he can win with good players. He won a Super Bowl with a a team that he inherited in Tampa. He's like every other decent coach in the NFL. You're only as good as your players. And Oakland is, as you said, the oldest team in the NFL. And they, they don't have the kind of talent that they need. They just got rid of maybe their most talented player in Khalil Mack. And I just think that Raider Nation is getting sold a bit of a con here, that they're being sold on the mystique of Gruden, which is really kind of an illusion. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, you know, pay no attention to the wizard, the man behind the curtain, you know? Right. And so I, I think Raider fans are thinking that they're getting this, this impact with Gruden when, when all you're getting is a guy that I think Mark Davis hired to simply serve as a diversion until the Raiders can get to Vegas and they can start printing money, money that they don't have right now, as evidenced by them giving up Khalil Mack. So I, I just think that the the impact of Gruden is overrated, and, and Raider fans don't seem to see that. They're buying the diversion hook, right. line, and sinker. Well, they won in Tampa. They won, and he took over for Tony, you know, Tony Dungy, and he was, you know, they they traded the Tampa Bay Buccaneers traded for him. He did win a Super Bowl with Brad Johnson. You know, when you put your a, a list of uh, elite level kind of franchise type quarterbacks together, Brad Johnson um, probably does not make your list. Um, they had an exceptional defense, and and they rode that defense to a world championship. And offensively, you know, I would. I, I would challenge anybody out there that's even, you know, that's an above average casual, more than a casual fan, you know, like an astute fan of the game to name one other guy they had on that offense that was, you know, that was a, a huge kind of big name, top notch player. Um, and, you know, I, I, I would venture to guess you probably can't. Um, I don't know that anybody really can. So. I get that you started losing. You got to have players. Uh, bottom line is you got to have players to win in this league. But here's where I think you, you're wrong about John Gruden, or or maybe you're not wrong, but a different angle. I think that that John Gruden was hired to this ten-year, hundred million dollar contract not to win right now, but to to ease the fan base's trepidation about losing. Because you're right, they're the oldest roster in football. They, they couldn't – a couple things. Khalil Mack wasn't signed because they can't afford him. Like, here, here's the deal. You were signed to be the face of this organization. You were signed to be a shot in the arm. You were signed to to give people hope for the future. Like, right, like you were signed – like, people are excited about, about Raider football because Chucky's back. Like, you're, you're the, the face of the franchise, man. You, there's an excitement. There's, there's. You're selling jerseys. You, people are excited about it, but 
you need the the move to Vegas um, to fill back up the coffers. See, you didn't sign Khalil Mack, not because you don't want Khalil Mack, but because you're a cash-poor team. I, I think, I think. Um, oh, gosh, what was it? Somebody told me the other day that, um, that Mark Davis was worth like $400 million. I mean, come not on. Chump change, po- not chump change, but. Well, but in the NFL, it's chump change. It think is. about the Carolina Panthers. The, the Dave Tepper, who came in to, to buy the Carolina Panthers, bought them for like two point. Four billion dollars, and like one point eight of it, or two billion of it, was like a check. Here you go. Here's cash. I had it in my pocket. Like that's ridiculous amount of money. And so several things were explained to me. Like when you when you sign big time contracts, Mike, you have to have that that cash on hand. You have to have that um, in reserve. So that essentially, you have to have that cash in escrow. The in the entire amount of that contract has to be in escrow. So whatever you pay out initially, you have to pay that out initially. It's got to be there. But the rest of that contract, if it's a six-year, you know, $150 million contract, it's got to be there in escrow. You've got to have that ca- cash on hand to operate as a franchise. That's the rules. And so if you're cash poor, oftentimes you can't afford to do that and still manage your cap and manage the rest of the players on your roster. Now, th- whether this is true or not, and I don't want to get into a bunch of uh, of garbage, but this is the, the situation that was explained to me, and it makes sense. And um, you know, if you want to do the research out there, you can do the research. Um, you know, people that I trust that told me that part of this whole thing was stockpiling cash, um, you know, to cover the effect of uh, the inheritance tax that that eventually uh, Mark Davis is going to have to pay. And so, so there's there's some dynamics behind the scene that they needed the move to Vegas just to get fat with cash, just to have that kind of uh, you know have that kind of revenue coming from their stadium on a consistent basis, and, and being in in obviously in Vegas in in uh, Nevada where there is no state sales tax and some other things where they can get flush with cash and be more competitive on the free agent market and all those things. So, um, I think. John Gruden, obviously, I think he can coach. I think he's a really good coach. But I think a lot of it has to do with um, selling your fan base hope for the future when you do finally move to Vegas. Mm, okay. Does that make, uh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, but it, I, that's I think... how, again, I don't know if that's true or not, but that's how it was explained to me by people that, you know, that I trust. Okay, but how many, how many Raider fans do you think really think about that, that – Oh yeah, no I'm Raider just, fan that, that I'm about- just that I'm just buying a brand right now. That that I'm rooting for a brand. No, they don't. They think that Gruden's going to come in, and by sheer force of him being John Gruden, that it's going to be different. But but the, that Raider fan, that Raider fan will think that way because it's the same Raider fan that thinks they've been relevant since the '80s. <laughs> like they will find a way. They will find a way. To make themselves the winningest team in history, and, and, and I don't care how far they have to go back, they'll go back to sixty. Like, like you get you get text messages on on our Denver radio show. Well, we, we've owned you guys. We have owned you guys over the course of history. Like, dude, you're going back to sixties. Yeah, you're going back to the sixties. Like, like since the the mid nineties. What was the Broncos record against the Raiders since the mid nineties, Mike? Uh, 32 and 14 in their last 46 meetings. 32 and 14. My my time in Denver, we were 11 and 1 against the Raiders. 
John Gruden against the Broncos is 9-1. and one. Like, come on, guys. Like, so, yeah, can you sell that to Raider fans? Sure you can. Raider fan will buy that. Like, they still think they're the winningest team in, in the history of the league, you know? I mean, come on, stop it. Yeah, Raider they conveniently man. leave out the 90s and the 2000s. Ah, yeah, pay no attention to those decades, but man, right. the sixties. Yeah, yeah, the nineties. No, <laughs> the aughts. Uh-uh. But in the sixties, we kicked ass and took names. Hey, do you remember when we beat up Fran Tarking in the Super Bowl? <laughs> remember that? No, nobody remembers it. But I will. I will give. I will give John Gruden this. He does spice things up. I can't oh. get enough of him. I love him. I love listening to him talk. He, he's telling a story this week about how a, a skunk got loose in the uh, Raiders facility. Um, there, you know, there's nothing about him that I don't find entertaining. Oh. So what he's been able to do is, at least here for us, here in Denver, he's spiced up what has become really kind of just another week. Raider week used to be special around here. Now it's just another week, you know, until you get to the, the Chiefs or the Chargers. Right. But but he's been actually able to make it interesting. Yeah. So did you watch, kudos did, to him. Did you watch Monday Night Football? Yeah. So Monday Night Football, they the Marshawn Lynch scores on this just total beast mode run. Whole pile moves about six yards. People jumping on top of the backs of the people in the pile, you know, and finally it falls over. I keep the leaves trying to rip it out of Marshawn Lynch's hands. It falls over the goal line for a touchdown, right? Where do they go? Right after that touchdown. Right to Chucky. Right to Chucky going, yeah. You know, he got the fist pump. Yeah. I mean, that he does. He brings excitement, man. He brings a believability. He's Chucky for crying out loud. He's great television. And that's exactly where they go. I like his answer. Did you hear the reporter ask him when he was talking about the skunk? Did you see it? And he goes, hey, you don't have to see it, do you? It's a skunk. Like, you just know it's there. You can smell it. You don't need to see it. Like, he's Chucky, man. It, he's he's awesome. I love I, I just love the way he operates. Um and I and I believe this move like they're going to have to continue to revamp that roster. They've got to get younger. They've got to hit on some players, but like you don't trade Khalil Mack cuz you don't like him. You trade Khalil Mack cuz you just can't afford him. Yeah, and Raider fan, you know, that that's the truth. And, and maybe Raider fan doesn't want to hear the truth. Uh other truth is Jalen Ramsey telling the truth when he goes on about Gronk and says that, you know, Gronkowski isn't really all that and that if you put a cornerback on him, he's not yeah. really that effective and all that? What? Like, What's that all about? Yeah. You know, you know what's funny about Jalen Ramsey? Like, Jalen Ramsey went through, like, Jalen Ramsey went through the league and just, like, dog cussed guys, right? Like, this guy, this guy's not good and this quarterback's not good, and this receiver's not good. He basically said Gronk wasn't good. And then he kind of retracted a little bit and said, well, he's overrated. And then he said, well, you know, this is that GQ magazine article from, like, um, May or something. Then he goes, well, when a corner has faced him, you know, um, he hasn't fared very well. The corner has done better. And, and, you know, and then I start thinking about, well, all the times Gronk has split out wide and had a corner in the red zone – and basically ate that guy for lunch and scored a touchdown. Like, how many times have you seen that? A million? A uh, million two? Something like that? I mean, I mean, so I think probably Jalen Ramsey, you know, is is that's ridiculous. But here's, here's the thing. Like, Shannon Sharp, when I played in Denver with Shannon Sharp, and I love Shannon, but at the same time I hate Shannon, um, because Shannon was a talker like Jalen Ramsey's a talker. 
So here's the difference, and this is why I actually respect um, respect Jalen. And and this is not talking out of turn because I used to tell Shannon this all the time in the huddle. Shut up, right? If you're going to pick a fight, like Shannon was notorious for picking a fight uh, against the guy that you had to block. You know what I'm saying? Like, dude, like Shannon, if you want to pick a fight, pick a fight with the guy that you have to block, not the guy that I have to block. Like, you're going to rile up Chester McLaughlin, and then he's going to come over and try to thump, thunder punch me in the top of the head. No. Pick the fight with your guy. Here's what I respect about Jalen Ramsey. Dude, he picks the fights with the guys that he has to cover. You know? I mean, he's just like, I ain't afraid of you, 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 or you, and bring it on. So I hope that we get to see Jalen Ramsey versus Gronkowski. Gronkowski did not have a comment this week about Jalen Ramsey's comments in the magazine, I hope we get that matchup multiple times, and I honestly hope that Gronk kicks his ass. <laughs> I hope he just whips his ass. That would be that would be beautiful. Jaguars win this game, though. Early in the season, down there, uh, they've you got all, they've got all the motivation after knowing that they kicked away a chance to go to the Super Bowl. They know they they blew it. They Doug Marone knows he blew it. They know they blew that game. You don't think so? No. You don't think that they walked around every single day during the offseason knowing that deep in their hearts they blew that AFC championship game, that they had New England on the ropes and they let them off? Oh, yeah. I, I definitely believe that. But I also believe that New England's tired of hearing about how they got, you know, how they tripped into the Super Bowl, and I think they'll go down there and handle their business. No? Only because... Early in seasons, we've seen the Patriots in the past suffer some some bad losses because Belichick. How does he look at the first part of the pre of the regular? See, I said preseason Freudian slip. How does he treat the first part of the regular season as an extension of the preseason? Look what they're doing with their wide receivers, Mark. Mm-hmm. It's just a, a constant parade in and out. Benny Fowler is now a New England Patriot. When did you ever think you'd see something like that happen? They're they're trying to figure it all out on the fly. And with the idea that they want to be the complete team that they'll become January. But September, he doesn't seem to sweat that. And so again, and plus, how many times have we seen some Patriot teams go down to the down to Florida in that heat and humidity against Miami and really struggle early in the season? I think it's gonna be more of the same this week. All right. All well, right. we'll see when we get to our big picks tomorrow. You and I, huh? Right. You mm. when we get to the when we get to the um to the money makers and and um by the way, who's leading the moneymaker picks right now? Oh yeah, now? you're, you're brought tra- to you by uh, yeah, our good friends at Bud Light. You're you're trashing me. You're two two zero and one, and I'm two and one. Ooh, let's call it off. <laughs> I am I, I am the Cleveland Browns of picking. I already have a tie. <laughs> you already have a tie. You already have a tie. Yeah. Hey, let's get to the game tonight. Uh, Baltimore Cincinnati Thursday night football is back. Everyone's going to start griping about Thursday night football. Even though Fox decided it was worth five hundred million dollars, <laughs> yeah, but I, I, right. I it can't will be that say, bad. No, it can't be that. It was, was six hundred million dollars. Six hundred. Um, good matchup, rivalries, right? Baltimore, both of them coming off a win in their first uh, regular season game. Um, both of them scored a lot of points. Uh, you know, Cincinnati scored thirty some odd, and Baltimore scored like forty seven. So. Um, I think it's an interesting matchup, Mike. I think it's a real interesting matchup. I, I think there's a couple of things. Like, you know, Lamar Lamar Jackson's kind of an interesting cat to me, and he played kind of all over the place. But while you're developing a quarterback, and I know guys have said, hey, 
I don't want to. I'm a, I'm a quarterback. I don't want to play. You know any other position. This, that, and the other. Um, like, I have a different take on that. Like, I believe that ultimately for Lamar Jackson to develop into a quarterback, it's important to be on the field. And if you've got a skill set that that is athletic enough to do other things, then why wouldn't you want him to do those things, especially when you come from a college kind of spread system, you're reading cards off the sideline, and you're doing all those things that you do. Um, why not learn, like, the entirety of the game? Like, how can that be a detriment to your development? If you're still taking plays as the backup quarterback or whatever, but you're still getting in the game, like you're running routes, you're you're learning the X, Y, Z, the slot positions, you're you know, you, you you're learning like everything. How can that be bad, Mike? Hey, it worked for you know guys like Cordell Stewart um, using that slash role. Uh-huh. I agree. Give him a chance. Get out. Play. See if you can make an impact. Why not? And in the meantime, you're still learning going about your business trying to become a quarterback. But Right. I, I just like, you know, you start to run, like, just routes in general. Like, let's say you're just running a, a, a quick out route, right? You get an out route versus kind of a cover three off corner, and you're going to hit that thing, you know, you're going to hit that thing squared off tight at 15 yards. You get it against the cover two where the corner rolls up, and you want to push it to 17 yards and kind of bend it a little bit, you know, get yourself a little bit more depth to get away from that corner, but, um, you know, to give yourself that that hole, that window, away from the corner so you're gaining depth from the corner and you're running away from the safety who's coming over to cover you. Like, the, the nuance of route running, uh, um, you know, if, if you've got a press corner and you're running a slant, that's a that's like a, a three yard like a two step that's like a two step bam you're hitting that thing that that slant if you get an off corner you're pushing it up to five yards you know before you cut that thing off and, and just the nuance of of route running and the nuance of of all that I think it just helps you I know for me I, I was a college player came in as a center and um, because I could run and I could jump and I could do those things at the time before all the knee issues. Um, they moved me to defense, and I played three years of defense. And the reason I tell you that is because I became a much better, much more aware offensive lineman because of my time playing defense. I just understood. I understood angles. I understood the positioning of defensive players. I understood if, if a guy was cheating and he's not where he's normally lined up, hey, what's coming behind it? You know, where's the where's the blitz coming from? It's it just things you could get that made sense, right? Yeah. And, and I think that can only help in your development as a quarterback. Right now, Flacco, I mean, threw three touchdowns, for crying out loud. When was the last time? Did, did he throw three touchdowns last season? Did, did he in all of last season? I don't know. I'd have I'm to go back and look. Three touchdowns in the season. I'm assuming he did throw three touchdowns in the season. But it wasn't many more than that, I don't think. I'm being well, sarcastic. I know you are being sarcastic. Okay, uh, yeah, These are two teams that I'm still trying to – I'm trying to get a handle on once you get past New England, and I guess I'll still put Pittsburgh in there because whatever you may think about Pittsburgh, they're going to win a lot of games in the regular season. Mm-hmm. But when I try to sort of sift through the rest of the AFC and figure out who the contenders are, Baltimore and Cincinnati are two teams that I I don't know how to slot them. You know what I mean? I don't. You know, are they are they division winners? Are they are right. they wild card contenders? Are they the kind of team that could get into the playoffs and be and be dangerous? Are neither one of them playoff teams? I, I'm sort of trying to figure 
each of these teams out. So it'll be curious right. to watch how, how they play against each other tonight. Well, I, I will say this. I think Baltimore, I think John Harbaugh, I think they're a disciplined team. You know, they, they scored on a um, on a punt return. They scored or they got a, a tight field position on um, a punt play where I think it was dropped by the punter and, and ended up being a turnover. You know, they I mean – they scored on offense. They, they. I think they had a pick six. I mean, they scored pretty much every way you can score. Um, John Harbaugh, I think, is a is a very good coach, a very disciplined coach. Um, I think teams were lined up in hopes because Steve Bashotti, the owner of the Baltimore Ravens, was talking about potentially letting go of John Harbaugh. John Harbaugh would have been unemployed for about a day because somebody would have scooped him up and made him their head coach. Um, and how, how fitting is it? that the Cincinnati Bengals who, you know, step over the line on a on just a consistent basis, basis had the first guy ever get ejected from a game for a helmet to helmet hit. Like if it was going to happen to one team, it was going to happen to the Bengals, right? And Perfect is is suspended right now, so he's not even he wasn't even the guy that did it. So, that's pretty Cincinnati, if you will. All right, so you like who? Oh, by the way, Flacco did not have any games last year where he threw touchdowns. He only had 18 touchdown passes all season last year. Right. 18 and 13. 18 touchdowns, 13 yeah. picks. So he never had uh, three in a game. So uh, who you like tonight? Uh, I, I think Baltimore's a better football team. I'm going to I'm gonna take the Ravens. Really? Yes. You're going with the, the Thursday night road team. I like – give me Cincinnati. These short, Even this early in the season, these guys are still relatively fresh. Still, short work week, team on the road – Division game. Bengals look pretty good last week, you know, going in and winning on the road. Give, give me yeah. the Bengals. Real, all right. All right. Well, the, I mean, the, the Ravens are coming off a of bye week. They, <laughs> Fair they point. Play, yeah, Tou- they play. Touche, Mr. They played Schlereth, touche. Nate Peterman and the Buffalo Bills. So <laughs> right. it was kind of a bye week. I, I think the Ravens are a better football team. I'm taking the Ravens. How about that? Wow. Well, you're you do you are leading in the picks, so you have the well, ability to kind of puff the chest out a little bit. So I, you go right ahead, Mike. That's not our money maker picks of the week, my friend. Money maker picks of the week. It's uh, what's on tap. Brought to you by Bud Light, my friends at Bud Light. You got to check my friends at Bud Light out and and look at all the team logo cans. Have you seen these team logo cans? There's uh, they they brought me a bunch of them. I'm eventually I'm going to get you some, but they're really cool, Mike. <laughs> I just like it's really cool to sit there in your fridge and have all Bronco cans lined up or whatever your favorite team happens to be. I like so how you say cool. eventually. Eventually they'll get to me. Eventually, as you know, far checks, as you know, checks in the mail. Eventually you're going to get uh, you're going to get these these cans are going to be great. So, I picked first last week, which means you get to pick first against the spread this week. I am undefeated, um which is not surprising to anybody who follows this podcast. 2 0 and 1. You on the other hand, are a far piece behind me at two and one. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a half game behind you. Okay. Yeah. All right, let's get to uh, some of these picks. Let's start with that Jacksonville-New England game. I, I think I laid out pretty clearly why Jacksonville, getting a point, by the way, mm-hmm. will win this football game outright. I just think that uh, recent history suggests that the Patriots, now, if this game was being played in December, I'd think differently. But it's September, it's week two. Give me Jacksonville. Um, I also like the Saints to bounce back in a in a big way at home against uh, Cleveland. Cleveland feeling basking in the glow of their tie. 
Uh, I think that they'll get uh, beat. Maybe they'll keep it somewhat close, maybe a late touchdown, but the Saints will cover the 8.5 at home against the Browns. And I'm going to take Houston on the road against the Titans. Houston giving up 1.5. Give me the Texans. All right. Well, I you know I like the way you're thinking right now. I think you're doing a pretty... <laughs> You know, pretty good job. I mean, even though you're losing, but um, that said, I am going to move in a different direction from you. Um, the Skins playing at home, I was really impressed with the way they dominated the line of scrimmage. They dominated the Arizona Cardinals. They're giving up six to Indianapolis. Uh, it's not going to end well for Andrew Luck if you keep throwing it 59 times a game. I'm going with the Washington Redskins. I'm giving the six points. Then I'm going to go to Carolina and Atlanta, actually in Atlanta. Atlanta, red zone woes, did not look very good offensively. Carolina playing a pretty interesting style. Now, Atlanta given five and a half points. A lot of collegiate type of runs. I think 13 design runs for Cam Newton. But the biggest part, this defense, their front seven, what they did for Carolina was magnificent and I know it's going to be a different group that they're going to go against this week they played Dallas last week but what they had going on in that secondary um, now obviously Atlanta with Julio Jones and everything but five and a half I, I'm not willing to go there I think Carolina I, I don't think I don't know that they win but I think this is a three-point game I'm taking the Carolina Panthers with the points in that particular game. And then the Chargers going to Buffalo. Um, Chargers giving nine to the Bills. Um, I mean, the the Bills are so bad. They are so bad. I just don't – like, will they play better? Yeah. Will at the end of the day the, the Chargers win by nine? Yeah, I think they'll win by ten plus. So I'm going to take the Chargers over the Bills. I'll give the nine. All right, solid. I, I, you know what? I'm actually kicking myself that I didn't take the Chargers. I'm already kicking myself because wow. Josh Allen is rookies mm-hmm. starting against a team like the Chargers are pretty good, who you know are going to be loaded for bear after losing their first game. Mm-hmm. You like? How do you think Sam Darnold? Really quick, how do you think Sam Darnold plays in this first game at home? At home, because I, think- I mean he's got to be getting the hero's welcome. I mean, this no, I is the new Namath, right? Yeah, I think he'll play. I think he'll play well. I, and, and part of the reason he's going to play well is because they're going to manage him well. Um, so you know, I mean, that like he threw twenty-one passes. That was it. Like Todd Bowles is going to manage him well. So I don't, I don't have any doubt that um, that he'll be okay. So um, that's that's kind of where I go on that. I I, I feel like I should, we should go head to head on the New England pick. I think you should have the guts to take the Patriots. I will take the okay. Let's take four games then, and I'll take the Patriots. Um, what are they getting? One and a half. They're minus one and a half. Minus one. I'll take the Patriots. Okay. I'll, okay. So you so get, I get one more game. You get to take one more game. You got to. You're you're the one that's writing these down too. By the way. Yeah, so, of course. So you got to keep the you got to. I, I am the record game. keeper. Okay, so yes. I get one more pick, one more pick, one more pick, one more pick. Uh, boy, the Lions look bad, and I don't think they're going to bounce back uh, right away uh, in week two. I think San Francisco's better than uh, at least six points better. Give me, give me the Niners at home minus six. It's pretty aggressive. <laughs> pretty aggressive. That's pretty. 
Deep Four aggressive. games. We could see some separation here. We could see some serious separation in week two. Can I? Can you imagine if I went four and zero and you went zero and four? Then I'd be how staring much, at a big hole. How much better I am than you? <laughs> Think about it. That's well, okay, big boy. Let's see what happens. That's, I'm going to put on my big boy shorts. Yeah, that's right. I'm going to do it. Just don't put on your uh, medium shirt that you wore on national television last week. I've already lost a pound since I've been out here. <laughs> a pound, at least. I'm going straight keto. I'm not even sure how to do it. What the I'm hell just is eating a, all I'm eating is nuts and jerky. These nuts. <laughs> what the hell is keto? What? We've gone long. We got you early. haven't heard of the keto diet? <laughs> no, Dude, what you, is keto? Keto, you get into ketosis, man. The keto diet, you eat fat. Like, you just eat a bucket of lard every morning. Like, I've got Crisco, a bucket of Crisco in my room. I eat some, like, a big handful, just to scoop it out with my hand. I get in the shower, big thing of Crisco, and I just eat it. Oh, it's awesome. And then uh, and then I eat the rest of the day. I eat, you know, some nuts and some jerky. And then, you know, I hunt. Like, if there's a rat rolling around here, I'd club it. Because <laughs> I'm just, hungry. <laughs> and just eat that damn thing raw. Just straight protein. Uh, just protein and fat. Yeah. Like a caveman. You're in L.A. You got some of the best restaurants in the world around you, and you're eating nuts and jerky and lard. But you know what? I'm already down at least at a pound. At least a pound. I can feel it in the way. I haven't <laughs> gotten on a scale, trust me, but oh. I can feel it in the way my clothes fit. Yeah. You are winning, Mark Schlereth. We are all jealous of you. Yes, I am. I'm going to have to tape down my nipples for this next game because they're always at attention, and I have no idea what's going on with those. Hey, I'd like to thank the corporate sponsors or the uh, presenting sponsors. Core Water, thank you so much for bringing this podcast uh, to our fans free of charge. Also, thank my friends at Bud Light uh, for sponsoring our uh our uh, pick them segment there and until uh, and uh, the next time we get together, Mike, uh, have a great weekend, man. Enjoy the games. All right. Should be a blast. Stink. Have a good call this week.